and welcome to Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Cousins from under center, straight drop, it's another deep shot, center of the field, on the run, 2015 Welcome to Under Center with Kirk Cousins, presented by Fleet Farm. Well, Kirk, a frustrating end to the home season at U.S. Bank Stadium, a 33-27 loss to the Chicago Bears on Sunday afternoon. It seemed like it was one of those games where you guys were kind of swimming upstream all afternoon. Yeah, we uh, had a slow start offensively with a three and out, um, and then we were playing catch up, you know, from there. Um, You know, frustrating is a good word, Rosie. You use that just now. And that's really the word that I have used in the last, you know, day and a half thinking about the game and, um, uh, you know, really in a lot of ways, times the season. Um, and, and we've, you know, been right there and, uh, too many weeks and in this bears game, just weren't able to make the play that needed to be made to get over the hump and find a way to Mm -hmm. win. Uh, certainly have done that in a few other games where we were able to find a win, but, um, you know, I felt like that Chicago game, uh, again, did a lot of good things and just couldn't seem to make the play to get us over the hump. Uh, the one time we actually had the game tied up was on the second drive of the, of, the, of the game. It was really a perfect mix of the run and the pass. You found some gaps in the middle of the field. Uh, you also had to move up in the pocket to avoid that really good Bears pass rush, but uh, it seemed to be clicking pretty well that, the entire drive. I was really encouraged by the way we ran the football. Going uh, mm-hmm. up against the Bears defense uh, the first time on Monday night, Back in uh, November, uh, you know, we had a hard time running the ball and there weren't many explosive runs to be had. We had to get a lot of dirty yards at the end of the game. And um, it was a tough night uh, from that standpoint. So I was expecting more of the same. And uh, to to the credit of our offensive line, of our running backs, of our coaches, uh, the run game was fairly consistent all game long. And we were able to get a few explosive runs as well. And I think that really helped feed our offense and get us going when we needed it uh, early in the game and then all the way through. Cook lines up wide right, third and goal. Cousins to the end zone. Touchdown, Adam Thielen. And for Adam Thielen, he has 13 touchdowns this season, 12 in the red zone, tops in the NFL, and it's 7-6 Bears. Take us through the uh, touchdown pass to Adam Thielen. It was a third and goal to three, and he bought some time, and uh, Adam was all alone in the back of the end zone. Yeah, really good design by Gary and the staff. It's a play we've carried now for several weeks. We just hadn't quite called it yet. And so we kept carrying it because we knew it was a good play, uh, but just needed that time where where everything aligned and we got it called. Uh, Meant to really be quick to the line of scrimmage, get the ball snapped quickly, try to get the defense unsettled and how quickly we snapped it. And that's exactly what happened. They really double covered Justin Jefferson to the flat uh, and in their confusion left Adam uh, uncovered. And so he was really my next progression. And, and, and when you see a guy that open in the end zone, uh, it's an easy read and a good feeling. Other than uh, the red zone connection with Adam Thielen, are defenses in particular Chicago Bears doubling up on Adam that's really try to take him out of your offense? Uh, Justin Jefferson's uh, you know uh, got his own issues in terms of dealing with some defenses, but we've noticed that Adam has not been targeted as much as in the past. Yeah, he had fewer targets on Sunday. I think that was just uh, the nature of the flow of the game. You know, we targeted him on a third down and they passed interference. And so 
we end up getting a, a big penalty, gets us a first down, but on the stat sheet, it shows that he wasn't targeted on that play. So really he was targeted and yet mm-hmm. the penalty negates that uh, attempt. Um, and then there were several times where we're trying to take a deep shot down the field to him on a post route on a goal ball. But uh, the nature of the coverage was such that, um, you know, they were sinking, they were doubling him. And what it did was open up a throw to Justin in one case uh, for a big gain over the middle. And uh, and other times had to check it down to Dalvin, but for positive plays. So, um, you know, Adam was still having an effect on the defense and pulling defenders Mm -hmm. away from other people and opening up things underneath. Got to ask you about the first uh, fourth down and one situation you had late in the second quarter. It was preceded by a flag that was thrown the later picked up after you ran and it looked like a helmet to helmet hit. At least that's one official threw the ball through his flag, like 30 yards. They conv- they conversed with each other. Then they picked up the flag. And I, I don't know. The, the, you don't see those calls reversed too often. I don't know what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I guess you certainly would have loved to have seen some uh, on our defense previously in the season get reversed. <laughs> I think that's the part that uh, you bring up. I, I, I you know, if, if you hit me, you make the call you want to make. I think we as players just want to see consistency throughout the season and throughout the league as to what's a flag and what's not, because it has a big impact on the game, obviously. You know, I look back at a couple uh, games earlier in the year where Harrison Smith was called for it, and, you know, it's a it's a big penalty. I mean, it keeps teams on the field. It, it moves you in field position. It, it has a big impact on the game itself. And I think that's the part where we had seen a certain outcome previously, and then on a big play on a third down, you know, uh, get a call that goes differently. And, and I think that's where my frustration was yeah. based out of was just the inconsistency. And normally the league has made a point to, uh, you know, into the, their words, uh, protect the quarterback as best they can. Not that they treat you guys differently, but in a sense they do when you're in a vulnerable position, when you're sliding like that and sliding head first. You know, I'm on the side of, uh, of defenses sometimes where I understand if I dive head first, you know, it's hard for a defender to mm-hmm. know where my helmet is going to be in the future. I mean, he has to make a decision to bring me to the ground, especially at the sticks. And he can't know where, where I'm going to dive. Uh, but again, you just want consistency with the rule. I don't think that Harrison Smith knew, you know, several weeks ago when he was making those plays either. So uh, it is what it is. You make the call you make. And, um, you know, we have to find a way to over, overcome, uh, you know, calls. Yep. And it's, it's no excuse. So uh, we still had a great chance on fourth down and we didn't get it done. Minnesota, 10 of 17 converting fourth downs. They will go for fourth and short from their own 40 as the Bears have a guy running on the field late. It's Urban. Hand off to Dalvin up the middle. He did not get it. Dalvin Cook was thwarted and stoned in advance of the first down marker. And uh, the Bears have turned over the Vikings on downs. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Dalvin Cook ran into a brick wall, which is what the Bears are known for. It, it, it had to be uh, frustrating when you're not being able to move the ball, when you were moving the ball on the ground and then come fourth down, the Bears were looking for that. Yes, and you know, with the two fourth down stops we had in our own territory, we're just making it really hard in our defense because now they have a short field. And so that's where you you feel like, um, you know, we want to do our part to keep our defense off the field. And uh, you hate giving them a short field. It's It's essentially a turnover. Uh, like a fumble or an interception where you're giving the other team momentum and giving them a short field to be able to get points for them. Getting back to your running and sliding, I, I wanted to follow up with that a little bit because sometimes you slide feet first, uh, sometimes you slide head first, like a guy sliding into first base, maybe trying to beat the throw into the bag. Uh, it's just instinct that takes over because I, I assume sliding head first is not the optimum way to, 
to finish a play for yourself. Well, the way the rules are is if you slide feet first, they will mark you down from when you began the slide. Ah, uh-huh. And if you, if you dive head first, they mark you down from where you're down. So the difference in diving head first or sliding feet first could be a three to four yard difference uh, in reality. And so anytime you can be head first, I think it makes more sense from a yard standpoint, especially when you're chasing a first down at the sticks. Um, and I do think there's a place that head first is actually safer. I think if you can get mm-hmm. down on the ground and get your head low, you can get beneath everything. Many times if you slide feet first, uh, your head can still get hit pretty good. And I think there's a few examples in the past of sure. people getting hit pretty hard and their head going right to the turf and a concussion happening. So try to dive head first as often as I can within reason. Uh, if nobody's around and you know, you have the first down then I think feet first can make some sense, but, uh, um, you know, I hate giving up those yards. And I remember the Kansas city game last year, uh, was an example where I slid feet first, well, mm-hmm. short of the, of the marker and that kind of scarred me. And so I don't want to have that happen again. Yeah. Understandable. Uh, you guys scored 27 points, but you still left some points on the field. Uh, the red zone situation, which I know you take a lot of pride in near the end of the first half, you're down I think 20 to seven at the time and first and goal at the nine third down play. Looks like Irv Smith, who's got great hands, just couldn't come up with it. He had to settle for a field goal, so that had to be a little frustrating going into halftime. Yes, you know, we've talked about on this show every week how we want to score touchdowns in the red zone, not kick field goals. And when you kick field goals, usually it comes back to bite you. And, uh, uh, you know, Sunday was no different. Um, We get down there, and it's one thing to settle for a field goal on the 30-yard line, on the 20-yard line. When you get inside the five and then you kick a field goal, it hurts all the more. Um, you know, I thought we had a chance off schedule on both second and third down and uh, was frustrated that we didn't come up with one of them. Um, it, but again, you leave plays out there and then you have to make up for them. Help the fans understand the sequence here. The opening drive of the third quarter, Dalvin got rolling. You, you drew a roughing the passer penalty. The first thing goal of the three, I think Dalvin ran the ball to the one. You were forced to take a timeout when the play clock was about to expire. Mike Zimmer sprinting down the sidelines. Uh, it was about a substitution situation because it seemed to be mass confusion about what was going yeah. on at that point. Yeah, uh, we were waiting for their personnel to sub on, on defense to base our call off of how they subbed. And then once they did sub, uh, we were a little late to, you know, make the call and get to the line of scrimmage. And then when we got to the line of scrimmage, we weren't lined up correctly. And so, um, you know, we had to burn the timeout to make sure we had the right play. Uh, so that we could get in there and get a touchdown, which after the timeout we did, but obviously not having that timeout, you know, later in the game uh, becomes, you know, yeah. less ammo in your in your pocket. High formation behind Cousins, second and goal. C.J. Ham in front of Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen in motion to the left of Cousins, handoff Dalvin up the middle and into the end zone. Touchdown! Dalvin Cook, touchdown number 16 this season for number 33, and it's 20 to 16 Bears. Well, we have seen that a couple times over the substitution rule kind of forces the clock to keep going, and each team has an opportunity to counter, which does you know make it go fast. You have to either hurry the play or else call that timeout. Well, the play clock, you know, is, is a, is a big deal to me as a quarterback because I'm always mm-hmm. have, I always have to be aware of it. And, uh, uh, you can't afford to have a delayed game, especially not on the goal line. Um, the headset where the play comes through gets cut out at 15 seconds on the play clock. So we really need to get that play in with 15 seconds left. That's kind of like our our zero, if you will, to get the play in. 
And then once the play's in at that point, then you have 15 seconds to get it called, get to the line of scrimmage uh, and, uh, and get it run. So that play there, we were up against it a little bit and uh, didn't want to take a delay game or sure. uh, risk a, uh, a failed play. Uh, the Bears eventually took a 27-17 lead. In the midst of the next drive, Justin Jefferson uh, broke Randy Moss's rookie record for most receptions with his 70th. And, it, and we've talked about this a couple times. The first two games, he was basically invisible because of the not having the time in training camp or rookie mini camp or anything else like that. So if you could speak to his accomplishment of, of breaking your record that Randy Moss said back in 1998. High formation, Kirk play action, whips it out to the left, and there's a record-setting catch by Justin Jefferson at the 47, turns it up, hit at the 50, stopped at the 49, a 25-yard grab and a first down, and uh, that is a reception for Justin Jefferson, meaning he has the most receptions by a rookie in the history of Minnesota Vikings football, surpassing Randy Moss's record in 1998. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is surprising to me, not because Justin hasn't done a great job. He's done an amazing job and been a huge boost to our offense. But just when you hear the word Randy Moss and <laughs> records, you would think those have to be somewhat unattainable, and especially his rookie year. I remember being a fan growing up watching the league in 1998, that season, the Vikings offense, what they did was so special. And uh uh, to think that, you know, Justin is doing some things on the field as a rookie that that are at that level or surpass that level says a lot about him as a player, about, you know, our, our offense, about Coach Kubiak, the way he's been able to get him the ball and, and get him up to speed quickly. Andrew Janoko, our receiver coach, and the great job he's done. Um, but it also speaks well to the future. I think it has me and, and a lot of people excited about, you know, what Justin can be um, you know, you can do this week in and week out, year in and year out. Uh, that sustained success is hard to come by, and I think someone like him is capable of doing it. Yeah, he seems to be one of those guys already that even in tight quarters, yeah, you could yeah. you could try to thread a needle and get the ball to him because his hands are so good. Yeah. He rarely, if ever, drops a ball. Yeah, well said. He's a natural receiver. That's the best line I've been able to come up with. I've said it so many times as people have asked me what makes him so good. And I would point to the basic in-cut he had late in the game on Sunday uh, versus a quarter safety who was driving hard. And I knew that if I put the ball out in front of him, the safety was going to blow it up and it would be incomplete. So I threw the ball intentionally behind him to a spot where the safety wasn't driving. But it was going to require Justin to have to you know, contort his body and make a really difficult catch all while being nailed in the back by the safety. And uh, because I know what he can do, I still threw it knowing that he's capable of making that play. And sure enough, he made it for a big third down conversion. Yeah. And, you know, that that's hard to teach. It's hard to coach. That's hard to simulate in a drill. Uh, it's a little bit, you have it or you don't. And uh, he has it, you know, he has the ability to make that catch and get up with the football and, um, those guys don't grow on trees, so we're, we're fortunate to have them. All right, Kirk, we'll continue our discussion about the Vikings' tough loss against the Chicago Bears. You're listening to Under Center with Kirk Cousins, presented by Fleet Farm. It's game day any day. Play the new Vikings scratch game from the Minnesota Lottery with a top prize of $100,000. Are you game? Just say, I'm in. Get more details at mnlottery.com. Download Vikings Now, the team's connected TV app to watch all of your favorite Vikings programming on your Apple TV, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV. Search Vikings Now with any compatible device to begin watching videos. Vikings.com slash CTV for more. 
Our guest last week, uh, tight end Tyler Conklin, and again, in the absence of Kyle Rudolph, who's been nursing that foot injury, uh, it seems to be a, a target you feel real comfortable with. And what's impressed a lot of us, uh, Kirk, is his ability to yards after catch. Uh, he's a machine once he gets going. You want to get out of his way. He looks a little, a little bit of Gronkowski in him. He's He's got some motor to him. Irv Smith Jr. in motion to the right of Cousins. First down from the 20 play action. Kirk's going to pass it right. Caught Conklin. Turns it up 15-10. Tyler 5 for his first touchdown. Yes! Tyler Conklin into the end zone with his first National Football League touchdown. And it's 30-26 Bears. He did a tremendous job after the catch twice on bootlegs. Both times he got the ball in the flat. You know, typically a five-yard gain you hope for, maybe a little bit more. And he turned one into probably a 30, 40-yard gain. The other one was a touchdown. Uh, Big-time plays by him. Uh, and that's what you want to see from Tyler is the ability after the catch to, uh, you know, turn a short gain into a big gain. That's where I think mm-hmm. his athleticism, his basketball background can really show up. So great to get him involved yesterday and get him going. Um, I thought he's played at a high level the last several weeks, and, and Sunday was no different. I don't know if he was going to figure in the play call, but again, down in the red zone, he had third and goal in the four, and Adam Thielen had an issue with his shoe. He had to come off the field. It looked like a couple of plays. For whatever reason, they couldn't get his shoes tied and back on the field. He had to settle for a field goal, but I don't know if that messed up your offensive scheme at that point, but uh, I'm sure Adam was disappointed that he couldn't get back on the field. Yeah, I mean, just look at his percentage or his number of touchdowns this season, and it, it says something about the difference he can make for us in the red zone. But, uh, um, you know, I, I do think that the first thought I had walking off the field yesterday after the game was the two times we got down inside the 10-yard line and had to kick field goals. I felt like that in a close game ended up uh, getting us along with those two fourth downs that we didn't get in our own territory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and any time you lose in this league, especially to lose the close ones, uh, yeah. it's, it's one, two plays that you can point to and say, boy, you know, one step here, one inch there. And, uh, you know, it's, it might be a different game at the end. So that's, that's the you know, agonizing part of this league when you lose. The defense had its struggles uh, containing uh, the running game of the Bears, but Camp Dancer did come up with a big interception, which it looked like at that point was going to give the Vikings the impetus to, uh, to do something, maybe potentially even win this football game. That was a great play by the young defensive back. Three receivers left, two right, third and goal from the six. Mitch takes the snap, Bikes rush four. Trubisky to the end zone, intercepted Dantzler, his second of the season. Cameron Dantzler turns over Trubisky, and the Vikings have the ball, trailing by three with 2.57 to go in the game. He's Cameron Dantzler. It was an awesome play. That was a big time play. You know, they're looking to either get a touchdown there, kick a field goal and go up by six at a minimum. And instead we get the ball back only down three, um, you know, with a great chance to go win the game. And uh, uh, it was a big time play. You know, when you can rob them, we talk about, you know, not settling for field goals, but in that, in that play he made, you know, he doesn't even give them the chance to kick a field goal. So uh, what a great play by, by him. And, uh, you know, that's the guy that we saw in training camp. He made it tough on us. He was making all kinds of plays in the last mm-hmm. few weeks now. He's really shown up, and I'm excited about his future and what he's going to bring in, in the days ahead. Unfortunately, at third down after that interception, uh, Cook got stuffed at the line of scrimmage. We're down to fourth and uh, and one, and the, the Bears looked like they anticipated the play. A little bootleg. Were you looking for Conklin on that play? Was that the intended receiver? And with two minutes to go in the game, Cousins goes out of the shotgun, two receivers left and right. Conklin with a touchdown today, motions to the backfield, Dalvin to the right. 
Kirk play action. Urban snipped it out. Kirk on an incredibly deep drop. Throws it right. And it's incomplete. A coach went down for the Chicago Bears. And um, a season potentially has gone down for the Minnesota Vikings. He's certainly the primary. Uh, you know, yep. Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack uh, collisioned him and then dropped through them. And, um, um, you know, late in the down, you know, I could have put it out there for him, you know, better. Uh, it was still kind of a, a prayer putting it out there. But uh, I think if I had just given each of them a jump ball, I think, you know, Conk would have a great chance to come down with it. Um, you know, you look at it as I was kind of running away from pressure. You know, again, in hindsight, would have loved to be able to flip my hips and kind of whirl and whip it to mm-hmm. Justin over the middle. But, you know, you sit there and you do that a lot as you watch the film the next day. But, uh, um, you know, it was a tough play. They did a good job playing up the field and made it hard on us to uh, be able to get that play done. Speaking of Justin Jefferson, he did get one more shot at it. And uh, speaking of his hands, he made an incredible catch. They had to review the play, but he got his toes in, both feet in, and, and gave you at least an opportunity at a legitimate Hail Mary pass in that final, final drive of the game. Yes, I mean, we had no timeouts, and for him to be able to, you know, kind of get us out of bounds there, steal whatever it was, seven to ten yards to kind of get us a little closer and make the Hail Mary throw a little easier for everybody involved, uh, you know, we'll take those yards anytime we can get them. So we got in position. Uh, then we had the long stoppage while they reviewed the play, and, um, you know, we knew it was going to come down to that one play. Here we go. Third down from the Bears, 33, 33-27 Chicago. Three members of the Bear. Bears right next to the end zone. Kirk takes the snap. He'll fire into the end zone for Thielen, and it bounces around, and the Bears have intercepted it, or it's incomplete. No, it's a Chicago Bears interception, and the interception secured by veteran McManus. That really, we got what we wanted. You know, the, we were able to get outside yeah. the pass rush a little bit, buy a little time, got the ball down to the end zone. Uh, we even got it tipped up in the air, which gives you, a, you know, maybe a higher percentage chance of coming down with it. Uh, but, you know, it it's just wasn't meant to be. I mean, Justin was was there driving towards where the ball was, and suddenly it's tipped and it goes over his head, and, and they come down with it. Just uh, unfortunate for us, but... Um, you know, it just goes to show how close you are. You're literally yep. feet away from uh, from that being a different story and kicking the extra point to win the game. Yeah, it almost looks like looked like a basketball tip drill, and in, and uh, in this case, unlike a week ago, there were no flags, so there were no pass interference <laughs> called. So uh, that's unfortunate, and I'm sure it was a sinking feeling uh, walking off the field because you did have that opportunity to potentially uh, steal that game at the end and, and really stay in the mix. Yeah, we felt like we were right there. I think, you know, when we scored coming out of the second half, the first drive, you really felt, okay, we're right there. I mean, we're only down three. We're right there. And uh, really the whole second half, I felt like we were within striking distance and we had a chance. And so many times we got the ball back with a chance to take the lead. And um, we weren't able to do it. And, you know, credit the Bears and the way they played on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, um, you know, it, it certainly leaves us frustrated. Coming up next, we'll dive into our special discussion about Kirk's People Serving People event from this past week. We'll be right back to Undercenter with Kirk Cousins, presented by Fleet Farm. From camo and cat food to tools and tires, you'll find it all at Fleet Farm, your one-stop shop. Fleet Farm is the proud sponsor of Undercenter. Download the official mobile app of the Minnesota Vikings today for either your Apple or Android device. Watch game highlights, press conferences, and exclusive Vikings Entertainment Network content. 
Stay up to date on the latest team news and much more. Customize your app experience via push notifications so you never miss out on breaking news or fan promotions. Search for Minnesota Vikings in the app or Google Play stores. For information, it's vikings.com slash app. Innovative Office Solutions and the Minnesota Vikings are teaming up to put the spotlight on nonprofit organizations doing good in the community that surround us. Nominate a deserving organization by going to community.innovativeos.com. Innovative Office Solutions is the hometown provider of office essentials and furniture to the Minnesota Vikings. Are you all in? Fleet Farms Holiday Layaway is back. Get the products you want before they're gone and pay as you go. Christmas just got easier. Fleet Farm, we've got you covered. Welcome back to Under Center with Kirk Cousins presented by Fleet Farm. Kirk's People Serving People holiday event was a special moment this past week. So let's hear from the quarterback himself about what it meant to him. Well, Kirk, you had a big event this holiday season to get back this year with People Serving People. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, that event and what it means to everyone? Yeah, last season in 2019, we we partnered with People Serving People to help uh, a group of kids be able to get Halloween costumes and trick-or-treat at our practice facility. And it was fun to meet those kids and have a great time. And obviously that was pre-global uh, pandemic. So mm-hmm. uh, that was in person. But this year we were looking to do something again along the holidays. And the thought of getting uh, help partnering with the parents of these kids to get them gifts uh, during the Christmas season, we thought could be really meaningful. And, uh, I had the chance, uh, to meet virtually with the families mm-hmm. or a couple of the families and, uh, watch them open their gifts. And that was really fun. So what a great privilege and people serving people is just doing a great job in our community, uh, working with families that have fallen on hard times and are, are homeless and need a place to stay and, uh, need a chance to get back on their feet. And, um, it was just a, a great way for us to help and uh, and you know hopefully give these kids a, a a little boost at Christmas time. Does it even mean all the more when you get even virtually get to see actually see the family that's benefiting from this to, and and what it means to you and your family to to have that come to fruition? It was special. Uh, it warmed my heart. You know, I met uh, a mother, Sasha. Uh, she has four kids, two boys and two girls, all under the age of ten. And uh, she had gotten them gifts, and we were able to help help her do that and to watch uh, the kids each open a couple gifts each and, and to see what they got and the looks on their faces and just their gratitude. Uh, it, it, was, it was heartwarming and great to see and what Christmas is all about. So that was a privilege. And then uh, we were able to watch uh, Edward and his son Edison, mm-hmm. the gifts that he had gotten for his son, and just the love they have for each other. Uh, Edison had lost his mom in just the last couple of months. And so Christmas obviously is a tough reminder of, of family that's not there anymore. And, um, you know, these families are facing some real adversity, you know, far worse than losing to the Chicago bears. And, uh, and so to just be able to give them a little joy, give them a little boost at Christmas is a privilege and, uh, fun to meet them and fun to watch the joy on their faces. Let's give a listen to Kirk's interaction with those two very special families on People Serving People. Edward and Edison, hello there. How you doing, Mr. Cousins? Good, good. So happy I could uh, meet with you virtually today. First of all, Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, too. We feel honored to uh, be in your presence, too, Mr. Cousins. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. And we have a lot to catch up on because I heard you're from Detroit. 
Yeah, no, I watched you in college at Michigan State, man. You're like uh, one of the best quarterbacks they had. I watched you get drafted in the NFL. I like, I don't really like teams. I'm a quarterback person, so I liked that you at Washington because Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah. And I felt like you were going to go to 49ers when he went there. But yeah. Quarterback, no matter where you go, Kurt. I appreciate that. So are you a Spartan fan? Yeah, yeah, that's smart. You know, in Detroit, it's just between Michigan and Michigan State. But all my nieces, sisters, and cousins, they all went to Michigan State. So I chose Michigan State. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Go green. <laughs> hey, so Edison, how old are you? I'm six. Okay. And who's that on your sweatshirt? Is that a Ninja Turtle? No, no, this is from Fortnite. Oh, Fortnite. Okay, cool. And I heard you love dinosaurs. Yeah. I even like the Dominus Rex, Indoraptor, Velociraptor, Blue. He's my favorite. He knows about all of them. He knows about all the dinosaurs. All of them, them, Kurt. (laughs) That's awesome. So you know a lot about dinosaurs? You love learning about them? But but my favorite one has to be the Indoraptor. Okay. Okay. Cool. So are you looking forward to Christmas, Edison? I I am so happy for Christmas. <laughs> well, with that, why don't we uh, open up some presents, Edison? Uh, your dad got you some great gifts. All right. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, my God. And it has a movable toe cloth. I Hey, Edison, can you show me? Oh, my God. <laughs> I got them. Okay, I just appreciate this, man. Because I was worried about just his Christmas, not me. You know, I'm older, but just for my son. Amen. Edison, you just keep learning, man. Keep being a hungry learner like you've been. That'll serve you well in life. Okay. Kind of- he will. Hey, Daddy. Hey, Kurt, I appreciate this, man, from the bottom of my I told my sister, my brother, I'm like, I'm going to talk to Kirk Cousins. like, oh, you got to mention that you, that you watched my miss. I said, I will, I will. Well, I, I, hopefully someday I get to meet you guys in person. Oh, I will. I, I would love that, Kirk, man. And, yeah. and like I said, it's a blessing to be in your presence today. And I appreciate everything. Thank you very much. Right back at you. I'm blessed to have met you guys virtually. And uh, I just pray you guys have a blessed Christmas. And a blessed yes. Pray for me, Kirk. Yes. I'll be praying for you guys, absolutely. Okay, man. All right. Great meeting you, Edward. Edison, great meeting you, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, have fun with those toys. Merry Christmas, guys. All right, Mr. Kirk. Like I said, I feel so honored because this man is a professional athlete who just had a game yesterday. And Christmas is Friday. He has another game coming up. He has all kind of stuff. That's not saying what his family wants him to do. And he takes time out to Zoom with me out. That's beautiful. That's priceless. That is priceless. So I feel honored. 10, 15 years now, I'd be like, my son, when he was six years old, met Kirk Cousins on a Zoom call. And you know what I mean? No shame in the game. I'll tell why he met him, the situation, everything. Because my son met an athlete and a good athlete at that, a good man, too. So uh, that was great. But my son, he can't met a better person. Uh, I would like to thank uh, thank you to the organization Minnesota Vikings for, for this opportunity. And Mr. Kirk Cousins, one of my great football quarterbacks. Glad to meet you. Zoom in. 
Appreciate everything. And people serving people, what can I say about you? You guys are beautiful. I tell everybody about you guys. It's a beautiful thing. Kirk, you and your family have been immersed in this community for a couple of years now. What, what has struck you about kind of the giving nature of the Twin City area and what you've uh, picked up on, uh, you know, doing the, the little things, but also the big things as well as, as a unit. Yes, and I don't even have to look any further than my own neighborhood to see the uh, the, the generosity of the people here in the Twin Cities. Uh, I have two neighbors, one that when my when they heard that my wife was going to be leaving town uh, during the shutdown, uh, I had meals showing up at my door <laughs> on Friday nights to uh, to, so that I would have something good to eat. And uh, uh, after we won, then my neighbor said, well, now I got to do this every week because we're winning. And then uh, I have another neighbor who literally comes over at any time to help with any request we have. You know, if I'm busy with football and need my car to get an oil change, she'll be over and, and get the car to the shop to get the oil changed. I mean, it's just unbelievable the help that people are around us. And that's just in our own neighborhood, let alone the entire Twin Cities. So. Yeah. We're so fortunate to be here in this community and have gotten to know uh, some of the great people, and uh, uh, we're thankful for it. Well, maybe your reputation as being a guy who loves using the microwave preceded you, and they understood <laughs> that you needed to get a home-cooked meal. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I'm pretty simple. I, I don't do much when it comes to grocery shopping, don't do much when it comes to cooking, and don't do much when it comes to cleanup. So <laughs> to have a warm meal show up on my doorstep with paper plates uh, was a pretty sweet deal. <laughs> I know the feeling. Hey, Kirk, if people listening or watching uh, you know, want to get involved, even you know, past the Christmas holiday, what can they do to help out in your mind? Yeah, I would just look online at people serving people and the work they're doing here in the Twin Cities. Uh, you know, I would see how you can get involved, whether that's financially, whether that's with mm -hmm. your time, uh, with your skills. Um, but they're doing a great work helping people who are truly in need, people who truly need the help and are benefiting greatly from the help. Um, you know, so I would just look them up online and see how you can get connected and see what skills you can bring to the table. Yeah, it's especially during this pandemic and with all the unemployment, with small businesses being affected by it, uh, you don't realize how little things make a difference, especially with kids right now. I mean, they yeah. this is really a tough time not being able to socialize with a lot of their friends and the little things we all take for granted. You get to see your teammates. I get to see my teammates here at the radio station. But for those kids, it's got to be really tough right now. Yeah, all the kids I met who opened presents, they've been spending their entire uh, fall distance learning. And mm -hmm. uh, that's obviously tough on them socially and otherwise to learn and grow and develop as a normal kid would. But it's also tough on the parents, you know, because they're they're not able to send their kids to that, that school system that's going to help, uh, you know, keep those kids active and developed and both mentally and physically. So it's hitting everybody uh, and throwing a lot of curveballs. Um, you know, I think our city and our state has managed it well, but uh, it's just been a unique year. And, um, you know, we need to just get to the other side of this thing and, and hopefully, uh, you know, it'll make us stronger going forward. And we'll be right back to preview the Vikings game with the Saints on Christmas Day on Under Center with Kirk Cousins presented by Fleet Farm. Subscribe to the official YouTube channel of the Minnesota Vikings to get all the latest video content from the Vikings Entertainment Network. Watch segments from TV shows such as Vikings Game Plan and Vikings Connected. Catch original digital programming like The Voyage and Vikings Post Game Live. Hear from players and coaches, plus more. Visit vikings.com slash YouTube to subscribe today.
The Vikings Entertainment Network takes you inside the walls of the TCO Performance Center each week via the Minnesota Vikings podcast, which features exclusive guests, including players, coaches, staff, and experts across the NFL. Listen to interviews, press conferences, highlights, quotes from the locker room, and much more. Subscribe on all major podcast platforms to listen. And for information, visit vikings.com slash MVP. After every Vikings game this season, make sure to log on to the team's digital and social platforms to watch Vikings Post Game Live, a new streaming post game show providing fans with highlights, post game sound from head coach Mike Zimmer and players, analysis, and much more. Fans can watch live or on demand via Vikings.com, the Vikings mobile app, Vikings Now, the team's connected TV app, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. For more, visit Vikings.com slash post game show. Back for the 2020 season is Pass or Play, a free-to-play fantasy-style game. Build your weekly lineup via digital trading cards that are randomly given to you. Users can elect to keep the first card sent to them and insert that player into their lineup or pass and move on to the next card. If a user chooses to pass on all three cards, they can come back the next day for one new card. Fans can win weekly and season-long prizes. For information, visit vikings.com slash pass or play. Well, Kirk, the NFL schedule waits for no one, and you have to quickly turn the page and face the Saints on Christmas afternoon. Uh, do you mentally feel the, the, the preparation clock ticking quicker now because you know have, you have this game on Friday afternoon? Yeah, it's a short week. Uh, the clock is ticking. Uh, you know, we are... Uh, really close to getting on a plane and going to New Orleans and then doing it all over again. So it'll be unique, you know, playing on Christmas Day. We're the only NFL game on that day. Uh, what a great opportunity for us. What a great platform. I've never played on Christmas Day. I played on Christmas Eve. I played the day after Christmas, but uh, I get to check that box. I played on Thanksgiving. Now I'll get to play on Christmas and uh, oh. consider it a privilege. So we got to put our best foot forward with the whole country uh, watching on Christmas afternoon. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that our, that our team looks as good as it can possibly look. Well, the NFL definitely filling its calendar, the first and only Friday game. I think they filled every day of the week now <laughs> having a football game. The familiarity helps. Uh, you know, that was a scene of uh, a terrific win for you and for this Vikings team in the playoffs a year ago. I don't know how much the Saints defense has changed much. You think of Cam Jordan who got kicked out of the game yesterday. Uh, but overall, what are your feelings about the Saints defense and, and what you're recognizing them? Really good defense. Uh, many of the same names from last year, which was a great defense then as well. Uh, you know, same D coordinator. So, um, you know, and it's at their place. And they're, you know, the top team in the NFC right now. So, uh, you know, we've got a great challenge. Um, we're going to put our best foot forward. But uh, what a great opportunity for us, you know, to go play free and, and make plays and, and uh, see what happens. Can you sense how your teammates will react with the disappointment of losing the Bears game, but knowing uh, you have this opportunity on national TV with a, yeah. everyone watching you guys to, you know, to do what you did in Green Bay uh, and win right. a game you're not supposed to win? Yeah, I think it's so important to be able to, um, you know, rebound and, and uh, you know, the emotional, you know, roller coaster that is the NFL season to be able to come off of a tough loss to the Bears and respond, you know, with the great performance against the Saints. That's what we're looking to do. That's the challenge. And like you said, what a great stage, you know, Christmas Day. Um, haven't played on a Friday in a long time, so I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that opportunity as well. You know, we have our weekly rhythm, and I'm used to Sunday to Sunday, and then get used to really to Sunday to Thursday because we've had to do that several times throughout the years, and you know what that rhythm's like. So Sunday to Friday 
is going to be a different kind of rhythm. But um, you know, leave it all out there in the field is my approach because we've got a long weekend after that. We got Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to rest before we get back to work uh, the following Wednesday. So with that long weekend, let's give everything we have on Friday and leave it all out there. We got plenty of time to rest. Uh, Kirk, from a personal standpoint, can you learn as much about yourself uh, going through these tougher times than you did even a year ago when you had success, you made the playoffs, you won a playoff game, and you take each entity and, and analyze sort of you know what you're trying to do better as, as your career continues to move forward? Well, losing really forces you to look under the microscope uh, with greater detail. You know, I think back to our bye week when we were one in five and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we had to look ourselves in the mirror and, and be critical and make improvements. And I think we were able to do that, which led to, a, a, you know, being able to flip the record and get back to 500. Um, and losing has a way of really helping you not gloss over mistakes. You know, winning sometimes you can downplay mistakes because the end result was what you wanted. So, um, you know, as you look at improving as a player, improving as a team, as a unit going forward, uh, looking, you know, uh, to finish this season strong and beyond, uh, you know, you do believe that, uh, you know, losses mm-hmm. can serve as wake up calls and make you better. I also know that we, we have a lot of young players playing on this team. And I believe, you know, I'm optimistic that guys who are learning and as I was as a young player and figuring it out, there's mistakes that get made, but there's also a tremendous amount of growth and it serves you well then in the future. And so that's something that I'm excited about as we you know, continue to build this team uh, in the right direction, having young players who are going to be able to carry more responsibility. Well, you don't have to worry about scoreboard watching on Friday. You are the only show in town and whatever <laughs> happens, you have to win the football game and then hope for San Francisco to beat Arizona among a couple other things, but at least, you know, you have that in your hands on Friday. You don't have to be gazing up at a scoreboard. Yeah. yeah it's so unique. I mean, I guess Monday night football is the other time where you're the only show in town, maybe Thursday night football, but Christmas afternoon is a little different because you know that all of America is sitting at home, you know, and people aren't really working. They got time and they flip on the TV and they watch football. So, uh, you know, what a great opportunity for us. And, um, there is a scenario that, that plays out that if we do our job and a couple other breaks fall that are out of our control, that we'd be playing playoff football. So uh, the key is we got to do our part, and it starts with being able to go down to, to New Orleans and, uh, and find a way to get a win. So how does, uh, how does family fit into all of this uh, during this crazy week when you have to play a game by Christmas? Yeah, family doesn't fit in too well. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, it's just the way it is that you, when you play football, uh, going back to college, you know, and, and it's such a big part of what you do, you just understand that Christmas and Thanksgiving are going to be affected. And, uh, there's plenty of other benefits scheduling wise with the off season and other ways that you Mm -hmm. get to have time with your family, but Christmas and Thanksgiving aren't going to be normal until your career's over. And, uh, you know, if you want to play a long time, then expect to have a lot of Christmases and Thanksgivings that are interrupted by football and that's okay. So, um, you know, we'll, I'll Skype, you know, FaceTime or Skype with my family to connect and see them and, uh, you know, watch them open presents the best I can. But at the same time, um, you know, they'll be apart from me and, and we've got a job to do and got to win a football game. And really that's the best Christmas present I can give myself is to go play well and win that game. Well, I hope you got all your shopping done, my friend. <laughs> that reminds me, I need to get a I need to get a card for my wife still. So a good reminder, Rosie. Yeah, you better get on that. All right. Thanks, Kirk. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Kirk. We'll see you again next week. An Center with Kirk Cousins presented by Fleet Farm.